Good morning. Be greeted this morning with those greetings of grace, mercy, and peace from God our Heavenly Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This morning, I would like to read from the ninth chapter of John. first 11 verses. And when I read this, I, I was reminded of another portion in Acts, which I know many would be familiar with, and I may read that as well. But I will. I'll... I'll, I'll start anyway with this ninth chapter of, of, of John, the first 11 verse, yeah, 11 verses here, reading in Jesus' name. And as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth, and his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, Neither hath this man sinned nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. I must work the works of him that sent me, while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When he had thus spoken, he spat on the ground and made clay of the spittle. And he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. And said unto him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is by interpretation sent. He went his way therefore and washed and came seeing. The neighbors therefore and they which were before had seen him, that he was blind, said, Is not this he that sat and begged? Some said, This is he. Others said, He is like him. But he said, I am he. Therefore said they unto him, How were thine eyes opened? He answered and said, A man that is called Jesus made clay and anointed mine eyes and said unto me, Go to the pool of Siloam and wash. And I went and washed and received sight. Amen. This this portion I just, it reminded me so much of of that portion in Acts, and I, I, I maybe will read it here in, in a bit, referring to when uh, when Saul, who we know who was a, a great persecutor of the Christians before. Christ was able to open his eyes and that he was able to see and there's a there's a parallel here between this story or this account I don't like to say story but this account and that one and also to our own our own Christian walk and this is a a, a story for for believers and it's a story for for unbelievers Maybe it's it's just me being sort of a well. I don't know if I, I'd call myself it yet, but anyway, being a, a bit of a English English teacher, you sort of are student and always looking for metaphors. And I hope I'm not looking for one here where there isn't one. There's a great message here about even as, as Uncle George there was reference, referencing that song that in Christ is where we find our comfort and, and, and that is where we find that blessing of, of that forgiveness of sins. And it is in Christ where we find that healing, that, that song I was thinking of as well when we were singing it. It says, 
when earth has no no balm for our healing and how true that is so much when we come up with something we come up with a with our troubles in our lives and, and and sins, it is impossible to find comfort. It is impossible to find healing for that wrong here on this earth. Well, maybe not so much that way, but there is no there is no healing in this earth. This earth can give no no healing for that for that sin. That healing is something only Christ has been able to do. But I think I corrected myself there by by taking back to say that there is no 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 uh, healing in this life because I think this this portion here gives us an answer of where we can find that healing, where we can go to receive that forgiveness of sins. But just reading at the beginning of this this chapter, <clears throat> there was this, this blind man, and we know so often that that there is a parallel there between a true, real blindness as this man suffered, and I and I don't believe these things are by accident, or they just happen. And Christ even gives the answer there that this wasn't just a, a man that he was just stumbled upon one day. The disciples saying, who, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? This man was born blind. But Christ gives the reason that he was born blind, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. Like I said, I don't think that it, this was just a, a, a story just for to show another miracle and to show or that it just randomly the the disciples and Christ bumped into this blind man and the word is that way God's God's way is that way that it, it is all for a reason and it is all for a purpose and those works of God were made manifest in that man we don't know that man's name And it's not even that important that we know his name. But through his blindness, and through that reason that he was born blind, he was able to come to see the living Lord Savior, Jesus Christ. And he was also able to be an example, or Christ was able to make an example with him. And it is that way even in our own walk that we should be we should be telling others of Christ. And and it's not us, but we can we can we can deliver that word, that 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 gift that has been delivered to us so freely we can freely deliver it to others. And it is not us that would do the work, but it, we can pray that it, that we can we can plant that seed there and it is Christ it is God that gives the increased increase that he might open that that person's eyes we do not know we often think and it seems so so much for me seeing people out in the world and it's like well why on earth would I say anything to that person I don't I can't ever see that person coming to know the truth that's not our place to say that and that's not our place to think that we do not know perhaps that there might be some works of God that may, might should be made manifest in each person. But there's a, the thing here that struck me so much and Forgive me or correct me if I if I'm like I said if I'm looking for for 
something here where it is not, or, or forgive me if, if it has been spoken on before and I have not heard it. And I'm not just trying to come up with something new, but, but I'm just reading this and it, it seems so clear to me what was being said. It says, when he had thus spoken... Jesus, he spat on the ground and made clay of the spittle and he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. And said unto him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is by interpretation sent. He went his way therefore and washed and came seeing. What I see here is a message which we see so often in Scripture, which reminds us of where we are able to go and receive that sight. And yes, I believe there are are, are those who have who have come to believe and who have found favor in God's eyes being entirely stranded and separate from 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 others from believers but we know how important it is our commission here in this life to be to be disciples of Christ And so many examples come to mind is thinking of that, that, that Ethiopian that he was not able to just become a Christ, a, a Christian and just go on his way. He was questioning those things. And now my mind, my mind slips me. I'm not even sure who it was. Peter, Philip, that was sent sent there to be with that Ethiopian that that Ethiopian's eyes might be opened and maybe I will read that that portion in Acts this is a, a little bit more lengthy the ninth chapter of Acts I might read to the 20th verse. And Saul, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went unto the high priest, and desired of him letters to Damascus to the synagogues, that if he found any of this way, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem. Meaning any that were, any that were followers of Christ. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven. <clears throat> and he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what wilt thou have me do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. And the men which journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no man. And Saul arose from the earth, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no man, but they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And he was three days without sight, and neither did eat nor drink. And there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him said the Lord in a vision, <coughs> Ananias. And he said, Behold, I am here, Lord. And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the street which is called Straight, and inquire in the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he prayeth, and hath seen in a vision a man named Ananias coming in, and putting his hand on him that he might receive his sight. Then Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard by many of this man how much evil he hath done to thy saints at Jerusalem. And here he hath authority from the chief priests to bind all that call on thy name. But the Lord said unto him, 
go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me, to bear my name before the Gentiles and the kings and the children of Israel. For I will shew him great, how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. And Ananias went his way and entered into the house, and putting his hands on him said, Brother Saul, the Lord, even Jesus, that appeared unto thee in the way as thou camest, hath sent me, that thou mightest receive thy sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. And immediately there fell from his eyes as it had been scales, and he received sight forthwith, and arose and was baptized. And when he had received meat, he was strengthened. There was Saul certain days with the disciples which were at Damascus, and straightway he preached Christ in the synagogues, that is, the Son of God, that he is the Son of God. Amen. that portion alone there's so much so much there and such a, a lesson and I think it, it it ties in so so good with this part in John and maybe it's maybe I don't need to go off too too much on this rabbit trail but just reading this now It seems an amazing thing to me when Christ is speaking to Ananias. And maybe I'm getting getting off on another another thing here. That, but anyway, Christ is speaking to Ananias, and, and as far as I can read here. Christ does not say that this is Christ, this is the Christ, this is Jesus. And yet Ananias answers him, Lord. And here, this is Ananias, and here, talking of, of speaking of Saul, and here he hath authority from the chief priest to bind all that call on thy name. Well, Ananias and those people there in that time knew full well that it was not anyone calling on God's name that Saul was binding. It was the people that were calling on Christ's name that Saul was to bind and bring back. And just reading this now, it seems so amazing to me that, that Ananias answered and he knew that he was speaking to Jesus Christ. That that Christian heart which so longs and and and, and yearns to hear that voice recognizes that voice. And we can know that that, that Ananias was a, was a Christian. He had believed what he had heard and he was there for that purpose that he would do this and go go to see Saul and there's a, a good lesson here <clears throat> for us because there's a reason I believe absolutely that, that Saul needed that Christian to come to him that he might receive his sight and yes we know we are looking at, at, at accounts of, 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 of real physical blindness but how much more is it so for, for well I guess for both but I think so much here for Saul that his eyes were not just opened that he was able to see again physically. His eyes were open that he was able to see the truth. And he was able to see that Christ truly was the Son of God and he truly was that Savior that was sent. And again, I see here, maybe like I said, I sometimes look for metaphors where they're not, but he says that when after that, after that his, he was received his sight, 
when he had received meat, he was strengthened. Now how much that is so for us as well. When it seems that we are we are 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 weak and not physically but weak feeling spiritually and, and weak in in feeling like we might be drifting drifting away or or, or being preoccupied with things of this world. And how often that is in our lives, we know. Sometimes I'm speaking for myself, but I'm sure it's for for many that things in this life seem to get you down, or or or, or bring you down, or the sins that we commit sort of get on our conscience and, and wear on us. But when we come to this word, and it is a good thing that we we are gathered here today, even. And it is always a good thing that you would gather around that word. And when you receive that meat, when we receive that meat, we are strengthened. As I was saying, how sometimes we feel weak. And even sometimes, I know growing up, I felt like I just, other things were so much more at the forefront in my mind. And these worries and other cares and other things that I probably didn't need to be thinking of and even more so times when when I felt like I, I I wasn't worthy of that of that forgiveness that Christ has offered me. But when we come and gather around this word and I receive that meat, how much I was strengthened and I'm sure it's the same for many here. The spiritual food that, that sustains our life. And the way to receive that food, to recognize that, that where it is coming from, as I believe Ananias knew, he knew who he was talking to instantly. Is to become that, that follower of Christ. Or to be in Christ and to remain in Christ. For even we know ourselves, this flesh wants to continually fall away. Continually wants to go its own way and to find, find satisfaction and find joy and find some imaginable peace in other things. But we read here, that when he had thus spoken, I'm back in John, when he had thus spoken, he spat on the ground and made clay of the spittle and he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. And this may may pertain more, this instance I see, to, to a non-believer. But I think there, it is there for us as well as believers. That Christ sends His own. He uses us. He uses this. He uses me or He uses whoever here to bring that sight to others. And truly we are no more, as it says here, I believe it is speaking of, 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 a, of us even, that we are no more than clay, truly. And clay on its own, if it gets hot, it dries up and it cracks and it turns to dust and it is nothing. And that is so also with us, without Christ. We are, we are just, uh, we can just dry up and, and, and turn to dust and go away and it would be nothing. But it says that he spat on the grain and made clay of the spittle. And he turned that 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 little piece of clay and anointed the eyes of the blind man with that clay. He uses us, this this clay vessel, each of us, 
we know that when we die naturally, this body just turns back into dust and it turns back into the dirt of this earth and, and, and passes away. But I believe Christ used that clay for a reason to show us that we need to, to rely not on, not on any other Christian strength, entirely on God, entirely on the strength of Christ, and entirely on what He has done for us. But we know that Christ lives and dwells in the hearts of believers. And by putting that clay on that eyes, on those eyes of that blind man, he was able to see. And even so, we see that, that Ananias, who was really no more than any other man, he was no more than clay himself. He was a clay vessel, but he had the, the truth and the life of Jesus Christ living and dwelling in his heart. He was sent to Saul, and Saul was able to receive his sight as well. And even there, that says they go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is by interpretation sent. And yes, Christ was sent for us, of course. But so also, He sent us out into the world, and that is where we must go. We are sent, we are not just here, that we might receive that blessing of the forgiveness of sins, and to earn that reward. We were sent here that we might receive that blessing of the forgiveness of sins and to tell others about it on the way. And then we receive the reward. We are not just here just to, to partake of that fruit as it says about the, that, that parable of the talents, we're not supposed to just hold on to this gift which we have been so freely given on our own and to hoard it and not show, others, show it to others or tell others. We are that clay that was made out of the spittle of Christ that we would be sent, that we might open the eyes of others or even reopen those eyes of people that may have fallen away from God's word or anybody who may come to you and ask if their sins could be forgiven. The neighbors therefore and they which were before had seen him that he was blind. Is this not, is not this he that sat and begged? And even there we see a, a parallel to, to our Christian walk. That this man had no, no, again, thinking of that, that song we sang at the beginning, there was no balm for his healing in this earth. He had to sit and beg naturally for his, for whatever, but so also for, for many, unbelievers or, or believers as well if we if we fall away then we might sit there and we might beg and we'll never find that peace that passeth understanding in anything in this world we'll never be able to to, to have that sustenance that will that will bring us to eternal life And it reminded me of that, that portion that says that, that, that godly sorrow worketh repentance. And I believe that man, I don't, I don't know, we don't know, and it doesn't say anything else, but I don't even want to say perhaps he was. I don't like speculating on things, and I believe God's word is perfect, and I don't need to add or take away anything from it. There are those in this world that are that are that are looking for something, and they are sorrowful. They are looking for for some way to ease that pain, to ease that that to to cure that sin sickness which which they are are afflicted with. And it is in Corinthians. Maybe I should just.
just the same as I, I, I said, but anyway, for godly sorrow worketh repentance to salvation, not to be repented of, but the sorrow of the world worketh death. That godly sorrow, which perhaps this man felt, I don't know, but I know there are many in this world who who have that who have that sorrow. Pray for them that it would be that godly sorrow that would lead them to Christ. And also that it would be that would it work that way that a Christian might be led to that person. That they might have that that, that clay. And it is not us that does the anointing, it is not us that does any good. I think so often of that 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 one verse. I'm not sure where it is, but it, we this world seems so much concerned with what good we can do and how good we can be and how good we are and what we can do in this world and and even and I, like I said, I, I, I'm not good at remembering when I don't know who it was that was speaking to Christ, but they were saying good oh good master and he says why callest thou me good and I, I think so much on that sometimes how how is it that I could ever think that anything is good in me <coughs> or how can I think that I am good or that I could bring good to others when even Christ Jesus my Lord and Savior who was perfect can say that why would you call me good there is none good that is the father but it is through Christ's work on the cross not that we were made good but Christ works his good through us and we are here, we can pray that, that each of us might be able to, to be willing to, meet, to be made that spittle, that we might be able to, to be sent and to bring that, that truth of God's word to others. And not to think that it is anything of our own doing. It never, it never can be. It is always of God. But even so, also, for the believers as well, that, that we would not be afraid to go, because I believe in these two passages that I just read, that I believe Christ has given us a, a direct lesson here to where we can find our forgiveness. And yes, we are. We we have be, we have been Christians our whole life, or have become Christians. But we know there is no separating us, this soul and this flesh and this life. This flesh stays with us, and this flesh is far from perfect, and this flesh continues to fall into sin daily. And so often. I feel like I see it every time, but that, that sin that weighs on our conscience sometimes, it, it seems to beat us down so hard that it tells us there's no way that Christ, what Christ has done is able to forgive me. There's no way that God would see me spotless and blameless because of the things I have done. But know that we are not left helpless there. That is not where we have to rest. And, and, and God's word never leaves it there. That we just leaves us down. And yes, you are a sinner. Whenever this word teaches us that and reminds us that that we we have sin, and we always this flesh always will have sin. It always follows it up with the, with the reassurance that that sin can be forgiven and that sin has been forgiven and we need no more than to go to a brother or sister in Christ who has been made that spittle themselves that they might be placed on on our hearts and that we might receive that sight again 
And then we might receive that forgiveness of sins, that we might hear that, that those precious words on, on that final day, that we are those, the blessed children of, of God. Ananias, as I said, was no more than any other man. And yet he was able, not in himself, and he even, I should go back and, and but he, he he didn't even know what, what what he would do and he was even questioning Jesus there like well how on earth and how is that isn't that so for us as well like why on earth how on earth could I be show anything to anyone else and is, isn't this man this man a, a great sinner and a great hasn't he done all these great evil things against anyone that believes in your name And it seems that way with us. It's like, well, how on earth can I be any do anything for him, and 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 should I do anything for him? But God instructs us that we should. God instructs us that that is our, our that is our purpose, and that is why we are here. We might be made able and 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 free to give that which we have been given. There's a there's an, an absolute reason I believe that Paul was Saul was not able to see until the Christ a Christian was sent to him that he would be able to receive that sight. We are unable to find forgiveness. Yes, we have we have forgiveness from God through Jesus Christ. But the only way we will ever find forgiveness is going to Christ. And as I was beginning, saying at the beginning that I corrected myself because there is a way that we can find that in this life. We can go to a brother or sister in Christ and ask them if that, that shed blood of Jesus Christ is still enough to, to cover those sins that we have committed. And how often it is for us in those times how, how ashamed we feel to do that, to go to a fellow man and ask him for those, if we can still be forgiven. And I don't know, I don't know if it's happened, it may have, but I highly doubt it. If you are going to a fellow Christian, a true brother or sister in Christ, I really highly doubt that you would be turned away or ridiculed. They would know full well how much they have also first been partakers of that fruit and how great a gift that was to them and how much so that they would want to share it with others. Not, it, is, it is a shameful thing to this flesh and, and, and I think it ties in also with that verse in Corinthians that be glad and, and happy hard to be happy but be glad and thankful for that godly sorrow that godly sorrow that works in an unbeliever that brings them to light but be thankful for that godly sorrow that works in you as well that brings you to the point that you need to know and you need to ask again Can I be forgiven for what I have done? And we know, and it seems almost an unnecessary question, even though it seems here and in that other portion so much that it is not an unnecessary task that we do so. But it does seem like sometimes an unnecessary question. We know that Christ has covered the sins of the entire world of everyone who has ever been. Prayed that you could be that light unto others. As long as I am in the world, I am in the light. I am the light of the world. And we are in this world. We are in this world, but we are not of this world. But Christ is in the, in the world, and He is in us.
If we are true believers of Christ, He is in us, and that is where we find our redemption, and that is where we will find that forgiveness of sins in, in our brothers and sisters. Pray that we continue to be that light and that we can be that light unto others. And always pray and, and, and look and, and as it says there about Saul that, that when he had meat he was strengthened. Pray that you would be strengthened enough even in your weakness that you might be able to go to a brother or sister in Christ and to hear those words again that you can believe in Jesus' precious name and shed blood that all your sins are forgiven. It is a hard thing to do in ourselves. But Christ will give you the strength. In Him is, is, is all our strength and our, and our all in all. In Jesus' name, Amen. Shall we receive the benediction? May the Lord bless thee and keep thee. May the Lord make His face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. May the Lord lift His countenance upon thee and give thee peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.
So it says that creed which we believe. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Let us pray with and for them who now will partake of the Lord's Holy Supper. Lord Jesus Christ, thou bread of life, grant that thy holy communion may be a blessing to all those who today shall partake of it, that through the power of thy body and blood we may receive peace and comfort to our souls and be strengthened in faith, love, and a lively hope of eternal life. Amen. Truly it is meet, right, and blessed that we should at all times and in all places give thanks unto thee. Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he brake it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take ye, this is my body, which is broken for you, this do in remembrance of me. After the same manner also he took the cup, when he had supped, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which is and which was and which is to come, blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord, Hosanna in the highest. Let us pray as our Lord Jesus Christ taught us, saying, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you.
Almighty God, that thou hast refreshed us through this salutary gift. And we beseech thee that thou of thy mercy would strengthen us through this communion in faith towards thee and in fervent love towards one another, through Jesus Christ, thy dear Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee in the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. Amen. Humble your hearts before God and receive the benediction. The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face to shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.
Yeah. So I mean, 